Hey guys, welcome to the Happy Client Show, where our goal is to help you build client relationships at Delight. My name is Ben Butler, and I'm joined here in studio, coffee in hand, as always, by my co-host, Andrew Dimsky. Andrew, how you doing? Dude, I'm fired up today because we're talking about a topic that I have felt personally, and I think it's something that all agencies go through based on their life cycle. So what can make me happier than that, Ben? I know, and this gets me excited too because... Honestly, I don't think enough people are talking about this specific issue, and it, it really is an issue. It's uh, a moral dilemma. It's uh, a human struggle. It truly is part of the human condition to feel this, uh, especially in, in an agency. So, Andrew, do you want to tell us what we're talking about? Today, we're going to dig into five ways that you can transition a legacy client relationship as an agency and this is something before we go too far, I just want to kind of define a legacy client for you. This is any account that you have where the work that you're doing for them is out of line with where you want to go as an agency, the direction that you're growing, or it's, a, it's an account that you've just simply outgrown. A lot of times folks will take on accounts early in their life cycle where they're kind of desperate for some business. And I know that uh, we've been here as an agency that were the early accounts that were a lot of work for not much money. And then as you grow and you increase your class of client, that legacy client is still sticking around there paying that original rate. So today, Ben and I are going to dig into a couple different um, tactics that you can use to either upsell those legacy clients or uh, allow them to prune themselves from your client portfolio. So we're, uh, we're pretty fired up about this, Ben. Yeah, and I think it's it's really interesting to think about this for a minute is that I know just about every agency has a client that you know they brought on year 1 or year 2 that continues to be served and often it's a service that's grandfathered in is what a lot of people would call it where they're paying the same rate, you're doing the same amount of work and nothing seriously nothing has changed. They're just like a time capsule of where you were and not necessarily where you are now. So before we dive into the tactical methods, let's investigate why you should transition either by bringing it up a notch or ending the relationship entirely, a legacy client relationship. Reason number one, the time put in significantly outweighs what they're paying. Andrew, do you want to kick us off with this one? Yeah, this is basically goes back to the theory that the, the cheaper clients you have demand more from you than the more expensive clients you have. So if you are in a situation right now where you have a client who has been with you for a good bit and you are putting more work into that relationship than they are paying you based on the agreement and you see that effective hourly rate that you have continuing to go down based on how much attention you need to provide them, then that is reason number one why you should think about pruning or transitioning that client from your portfolio. Yeah. And I think Oh man, that is such a that's such a toughie because you kind of feel like you have a debt to pay to the people who supported you in the beginning, but you really need to graduate from that mentality because it can put significant strain on your agency because let's face it, your overhead has grown and is growing, your team has grown and is growing, and oh man, in our uh inbound uh inbound agency mastermind group, someone said it perfectly. They said they see you as you once were and not who you are now. And that is not a good place to be in for anybody. No, it's time to grow up. It's time to 
move those folks up. We'll dig into the tactics here in a second, but you can't feel sorry for it. You're in this to run a business. And although there is a personal connection and aspect of it, you can handle the relationship well from a personal standpoint. But at the end of the day, you're here to grow a business, to make a, to make a profit. And you have to change up the class of clientele that you work with if you're going to get there. So that is reason number one. The, the amount you're putting in significantly outweighs what they're paying. Reason number two that you need to transition someone is the client demands more and more work without compensating you for it. So Ben, dive into this, share a little bit of perspective here. Yeah, and it's it's pretty much in the same vein, but I think it's a little bit different uh, and it definitely needs to be spoken of. Uh, it's the same kind of situation. The client is locked in at a rate. Uh, they're locked into a service set. They're grandfathered in, so to speak. They see you as you were. But there's an additional behavior that's very destructive to both them and you, and that is what I like to call and what a lot of people like to call scope creep. Ooh, scope creep. <laughs> cue, cue some music here. Um, scope creep is dangerous, especially when it's coming in from a client who's already not properly compensating you. All that they're doing is continuing to not properly compensate you, and it gets really dangerous when at the beginning of the day they're already not pairing their – paying their fair share and then they begin to demand more and I found this to be absolute poison in an agency structure. It's caused team members to leave. It's caused team members to go home stressed out and hating what they do because these get really, really toxic and really, really venomous because in some cases even those legacy clients feel like you have a debt to pay them and that's again not somewhere you want to be. Yeah, no place you want to be. No bueno. (laughs) Reason number three, you've just moved out of a space as an agency, whether it's you've decided to sunset a a product offering, um, like at Guava Box, we recently went through a sunsetting process around our hosting services. Uh, When we just got started, Gray managed our our hosting. We did some reseller hosting to to, um, host websites that we had built, and we are now reallocating that time and effort into other areas of the business. So we need to sunset that. So there's a process around that. That is one reason why you need to go through this pruning process here of transitioning clients. You're just not in that business anymore, Ben. Yeah. And this happens a lot. And sometimes who you are now could be honestly just radically different than where you were when you took on certain clients. I know whenever I I founded my communications agency back in the day, back before the Guava Box and do inbound days, uh, a service that we offered was advertising. And that was a service that as time went on, we decided, number one, we didn't have a passion level in. Number two, we weren't the best at. And we were good, but it wasn't our favorite thing in the whole world to do. And there were better people out there. And so one day you just finally have to say, you know what? This isn't the direction we want to continue moving in, and so we're going to transition. And obviously, you're going to have disciplined clients in that area, and so it's time to start transitioning out of that. Awesome. So, Ben, we've covered a couple different reasons to address this kind of a situation. Let's share some actionable tactics that can help folks execute on this. What should they do? What are some ways that they can transition a client if they've got someone in this type of a situation? Let's do it. I think... I think a lot of people understand that they need to do this, but they're not always sure tactically how they can do it. So let's dive in with way number one, which is to give advance notice of a price increase. And I think this is one of the most effective strategies because there's a lot of win-wins here. So you're in a poor situation with a long-established relationship, 
and the work you're doing is no longer cutting it when it comes to price. So what do you do? Well, here's what you do. It's time to draw the line and discuss a price increase with the client. But don't pull a Ben Butler and be erratic and crazy about it. Do something really awesome. Give them notice. And give them notice that's non-pressure. Say, you know, here's the deal. Here's what's happening. And it's not going to happen within a week or two. It's going to happen over a period of several months. And Andrew, I know this came up in our inbound agency mastermind group. Do you want to share some insight from one of our members? Yeah, this is from uh, Kevin Barber from Lean Labs. And he says that if if he's going to raise a price, he likes to to set out a first uh, notification six months out, then another notification three months out, just kind of pointing clients towards the fact that prices are changing but not blindsiding them overnight. So if you first hear about this six months in advance, it kind of puts the ball in your court as a client to then make a business decision on how you're going to move forward. Um, and in that mastermind for Doonbound customers, Kevin mentioned that 75% of his clients who he has done this to have had no issue with the price increase because he was able to adjust the expectation that early on in the process. Uh, and he thought that proactively, he was able to really create a smooth transition for those legacy clients and and begin to be compensated um, more in line with his expectations for the work that he was doing for those clients. That was such a win. And I think that statistic alone, and he didn't even talk about how many people he had to have an additional conversation with, which, I mean, the retention rate could possibly be a lot higher than 75%, could be closer to somewhere 80 to 90%. So I think that's an incredibly effective strategy because you never want to come out of the blue and say, we're drawing a line and by tomorrow you need to make a decision. No one wants to do that. You're giving time, you're being fair, and you're leaving opportunity for win, which in this next situation, way number two, handing off the relationship to someone who can help, it's a similar approach. And whenever you're handing off the relationship to someone who can help, this can come specifically in handy whenever you're either transitioning out of a service set or you're just not the right person for the job or you just want to exit the relationship. Again, you're not leaving them hanging. You're putting, you're putting some things in place that are going to help them out, that are going to help transition them to something different and you're giving them notice. So in this tactic as well, you want to give them three to six months uh, to – you know, A, number A, to understand that, hey, this is what's happening, and B, here's the, the step moving forward. Yeah, and you want to, through this, have a partner in mind to recommend them um, to, and I never want to leave someone out on a, on a lurch where we've invested in a website, we've started marketing, but now just because I want to take my agency in a different direction, I'm going to leave that person hanging. I hate that feeling. What I want to do here is create an opportunity for a relationship with a different vendor. So it's really important to network and know other agencies in your space, perhaps in your region that you could partner with on things like this. But let's say you have, um, you know, a print advertising side of your business, like you were just talking about with um, Top Hat, Ben, and we want to transition out of that business. Well, we don't just want to walk away and leave that person hanging if if advertising was a you know serious part of their business. We're going to be able to present another agency that can provide a similar solution for them. And even facilitating that first interaction and that first set of introductions there. That way you can clearly communicate, um, you know, a little bit of a background, make that connection, and then you can step into the background there. And what you've done is you've transitioned that client out of your portfolio and you've also maintained the relationship there as well. So that can be a good tactic if you're trying to just 
you know, smooth things, um, smooth things along, but you don't want to work with them anymore. It just takes a little bit of foresight and a little bit of a network to help support that. Andrew, for those of us who, and I'm not one of them, but for those who don't have a network of agencies, what way do you recommend that agencies start getting in touch with other agencies and building these relationships? I would say number one, spend some time on inbound.org, spend some time on Twitter, um, reach out to other folks. That's a really, really helpful way because it's not limited by geography whatsoever. Uh, another way would be get involved in some local groups, whether it's meetups around online marketing, inbound marketing in your area, or if it's a user group session with like HubSpot has hug groups where HubSpot users in the area come together and you don't have to be a HubSpot customer to show up to a hug. So if there's a hug in your town, that's an indication that there are a bunch of people getting together talking about inbound marketing at that event. And there's probably going to be a good number of agencies there. Uh, so show up at those events, begin to build some face-to-face relationships with people in your neighborhood, within your area. And that can be a good way to you know, build those relationships with folks that you can then reference for any clients that you have that you don't want to work with anymore. And if you're a do inbound customer, join our mastermind group and get in touch with some of the brightest minds in the space who are thinking proactively through these situations and who would love to help and step in. Are you saying I just let that softball pitch flow right over the plate and I didn't reference our mastermind group, Ben? That's what I'm saying, but I'm like uh, I'm like a MLB star here. I just smashed it out of the park, baby. Yeah, you're cleanup hitting for me, man. I just oh, missed yes. that one. We All need right. to go get another pot of coffee right now. <laughs> <laughs> Way number three, Ben. Perfect transition here. What can they do to get these people transitioned? Yeah, reevaluate the scope of work and make a value based change. In some cases, legacy clients might not be willing to increase the budget, but they still want to work with you, and maybe you still want to work with them. So in this scenario, they may be open to listening to a proposal on what your team can offer for the same price they're willing to pay. So what I like to do is I like to re-quote the scope of work, whether that's subtracting specific services or just tuning them down to a lower package level to really just bring it to a point where it makes sense for both parties that they're getting a service that's effective and that our agency is you know, getting compensated fairly for that. Yeah, and I think having uh, to go through any of these transitions, really, you've got to be, you can't be afraid to have a real conversation. You can't be afraid to tell a client what you're, what is going on in your business and why this is happening. So take courage in that and just be willing to have what could be difficult conversations. It's going to bear fruit. It's going to be much easier down the line if you had those conversations today. So if you need to reevaluate the scope of work, I would say, first of all, fulfill the contract that you agreed on. But when you come time to renewal, have a conversation around a new revised scope of work. Always deliver what you've mutually agreed upon. And then when it comes time to transition, you can have a conversation there. That's a really, really good tactic, Ben, to kind of adjust folks and move them forward. And again, go back to the notice at that point, because if they're if they're six months before their contract expires and you have a plan in the back of your head that you want to renegotiate that, make sure you shoot them a note and say, "Hey, just so you know, um, when when we have when we want to talk about renewing at the end of this period, packages look a little bit differently. We'll be able to get into that more in the future. But just giving them a little bit of insight uh, and heads up that, that there is a change happening that can be helpful for the client. Yeah, and I really love what you just said about. Being honest, being transparent, and just being straightforward, you cannot be afraid to defend your business and to defend your service set and your team. You have to have courage 
You have to be able to sit down with a client, look them in the eye and say, look, this is outweighing the benefit of what our agency is doing. And this is a one-sided relationship at this point. You know what? If you say it with enough respect and you say it directly, a lot of clients are going to say to you, you know what? I'm a businessman myself. I totally understand. So I think the key point is to have the courage, but to also have the foresight to not just drop it on them unexpectedly. It's all about expectations and setting those things up well. So these first three ways we've dug into are, I think, um, really around the business and how you see your business evolving and their respectful transitions. The next two, Ben, these are a little bit more serious and a little bit more perhaps abrasive here. What's way number four that we can transition a legacy client and why would we want to take one of these approaches? Yeah. Did it just get hotter in the room? Did the heat just turn up? I think so. I'm starting to glisten in the forehead a little bit here. We're turning up. We're turning it up, baby. Yeah. Uh, number four is give them two weeks notice. Yeah. This is a bit cold turkey. I would personally reserve this for borderline abusive or parasitic relationships that need to end as soon as possible. But still, you have a little bit of time to go out gracefully. And in this case, it's important to stay respectful and to try to help as much as possible on the transition. Parasitic relationships. I think it's the first time I've heard that term, Ben. Really? Yeah, this is this is great. Uh, one couple things to keep in mind here. Um, make sure you wrap up the work. Make sure that there are clear resources transferred, that there's communication through that process. Um, you know, this is a, a not a comfortable situation to be in, um, but if it gets to the point where you just can't work with the client anymore and they're being a little bit bullheaded, um, I like to make sure that they have all of the content that they don't, that I'm not holding digital assets from them. So if it's leaving the relationship by sending them a Dropbox file, making sure they've got all the passwords to get into their Twitter account. If you hold that stuff, um, don't try to, I, I don't advise like holding anything back on a client in that situation. Um, and this, this could be an area where if the client is really struggling to pay you, they're always late. Um, you know, more of a time sensitive situation like that. The two-week notice option can be uh, a way to drop the hammer um, with purpose and with reason for sure, not out of the blue. We wouldn't advise that. But if it comes to a point where they're always two months late on an invoice, they're not responsive to you in any way, um, you just got you just got to cut the cord and move forward. Um, give them two weeks' notice and make sure that there is a communication through sharing of resources so that they know where they can get access to the stuff that they have paid for in the past. Yeah, and I think and this goes for the next <clears throat> option as well. I think it's important to back yourself up with a letter of intent and not to lead with that letter of intent. I think it's more of a documentation process piece, but to communicate, "Hey, 2 weeks we're going to, you know, be concluding our work. We'll do what is allotted in that 2 weeks. You'll get everything you need and then to follow up after that conversation with a letter that documents everything that was said and cites specific examples as to, you know, maybe why, maybe it's the the payment, maybe it's uh, you know, certain behaviors. You want to make sure that you're citing specifics for documentation purposes. Way number five is fire them immediately. Ben, when would this make sense? Ker pow. Yeah, obviously this is the most extreme, but sometimes it's time to fire a client. Uh, and I just I have to say here, just because they're a legacy client who might have given you a start, who might have insured and ha- had been a foundational piece to your agency getting started, honestly, that doesn't give them any special powers over your team. And a lot of people feel like 
they were your first client, you owe them a debt, and they have special leverage on you. That is never the case. If there is behavior that is simply unacceptable, and I'm getting on my soapbox. Give me a minute as I climb up there. If there is behavior that is simply unacceptable that might have been going on for a long period of time or if a situation occurs in your relationship that is unacceptable, then you have to have the strength and courage to fire them. Yeah, we dig into this on a couple inbound agency journey uh, podcast episodes. One the, with Lindsay Framer, we talk about how a client was disrespectful to her team and she had to go in, cut the cord, fire the client. Sometimes it's the best thing for the relationship to just sever those ties, save your team. I think as an inbound agency owner or an account manager, your team is your most valuable asset. I would never... Um, I would never put the client ahead of my team. If the client's being disrespectful to the team, it's time to step in and execute a little bit of an authority there. Fire them immediately based on their behavior. Cite those examples and say, this is why we're doing this. But stand up for your team because if you don't stand up for them, why would they put in the work and the effort to create a awesome product for you? Their health, their well-being, the culture that you cultivate as an agency owner is so important uh, so make sure you're sticking up for your folks. And I think that's that really comes to my mind, Ben, is like the number one reason for an insta-fire would be unethical behavior um, where they're not, you know, paying paying a vendor, paying an invoice properly, um, and then like disrespect and just belittling your team. If your team ever comes back feeling less valuable based on um, just the divisive comments from a client, I think it's time to drop the hammer at that point and uh, immediately fire them. Um, yeah, it's... Oh man, this is, and this is such a crazy situation because it's really easy to sit here and say these things, but sometimes these situations occur and agency owners are, they're like, oh my goodness, that was crazy. And I don't know what to do now and I'm scared. But here's what I encourage is don't be afraid. And, you know, sometimes it might be a little bit scary on the front end, but you're going to feel better about yourself and your agency and your team at the end of the day that you stood up that you jumped in and that you made something happen. Um, and again, if there is blatant disrespect and belittlement, that's unacceptable and that is worthy of you firing back. And also another thing that is really common nowadays and seems to be – there's a lot of situations like this, just pure unethical behavior in business that you might discover. Maybe you discover something about your client that is morally unacceptable and, you know, not only just to save face for your organization, but just if it doesn't settle with you on a value level, you have to insta-fire them right away. Yeah, I think that there's – this is going to vary on a case-by-case basis, but there can be cause out there. I wouldn't resort to this unless it's like the last thing that you can do. I think ways one through three are a much more savvy way of transitioning a client through this process of of you know pruning your client portfolio, so to speak, or – uh, growing the the vault the value of your client base reasons four and five ways four and five dig into those if you are in a sort of a critical situation where something needs to happen quickly um, but Ben any final thoughts going through here after discussing all these ways about um, how agency owners can just handle these legacy accounts any final thoughts you want to take them to send them home yeah I'd say just the thing you need to keep in mind is just because they were a client in the beginning doesn't mean they have to continue being a client. Uh, if you have changed and if things are not the way you want them to be, then take ownership, get some courage, and really do something to change that. So that would be my final thought is not to get caught on the fact that they were from the beginning. Yeah, my final thought is that agency 
pruning is a part of every agency life cycle. You're going to shed clients at certain phases of your offering, and that's okay. Embrace that. It's hard when you have to shed a client when you don't have one immediately there to fill the gap. Um, that's why it's so important to be doing inbound marketing for yourself so you have a steady stream of leads. That's why it's so important to build an agency sales system for yourself so that you can qualify and move those leads through the system. If you haven't yet, check out Ryan and Gray's podcast, Inbound Sales Journey. They'll teach you there how to build an agency sales system so that you're not held captive by these legacy clients. If you don't have a steady stream of leads coming in, you will be captive to them because they control the revenue coming into your business. So market well and sell well, and you're no longer captive to these legacy folks. Move the ones forward who are willing to grow with you, but if they're not, set them up with someone else and maintain the relationship there as best as you can. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Ben and I are just fired up to have the opportunity to chat through these things with you. If you could do us a favor, drop us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the show. That also helps spread the Happy Client Show to other folks, boost our presence there in iTunes. So we would appreciate that. Until next time, folks, have a good one.